Section 20 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Sabbath Morning, 19. I preached to a multitude on Acts 2.21. In the afternoon, Michael Cote spoke. The work went on through the whole night. Many precious souls were blessed. On Monday night, I preached at Brooklyn. I gave them a sermon in John Street Church in New York on Tuesday morning. Wednesday, 22. We came away to the Widow Sherwood's, where I preached. I had a little time to read. In this state, the subjects of succession, rebaptizing, are much agitated. I will tell the world what I rest my authority upon. 1. Divine authority. 2. Seniority in America. 3. The election of the General Conference. 4. My ordination by Thomas Koch, William Philip Otterbein, German Presbyterian Minister, Richard Wadcote, and Thomas Vasey. 5. Because the signs of an apostle have been seen in me. On Saturday I lodged with Nicholas Fisher at the Plains. At the White Plains Meeting House on the Sabbath day I stood up once more. My subject, 1 Corinthians 15, 33-34. We had some feeling souls to hear, but there is a call for abundantly more. Brother Watcote preached at four o'clock. This was a sorrowful day to me. I was in sackcloth. Monday 27. I called to see Elder Coleman's wife, who was ill, or expected soon to be. I dined with James Hall. We rejoiced that after sixteen years we were bound heavenward. We crossed Croton to Steventown, stopping at Thomas Bailey's. I preached at five o'clock. Tuesday, 28. We made our way across the Peekskill Mountains, by Gilead Meeting House. We came by the grand encampment where the God of Glory appeared last autumn. We lodged with Richard Jackson. Wednesday, 29, was a day of rest. We called a meeting, and Brother Watcote preached upon the perfect law of liberty. I exhorted. Next day, through an unusually cold north wind, we made a laborious journey to Rhinebeck. We stayed with our Brother Sands. Friday 31. I read the latter part of Mr. Wesley's journal. How great and unceasing were his labors! How various, comprehensive, and just are his observation on men women, modes, manners, doctrines, opinions, authors, and things. I felt myself strongly urged to pray after every meal, where the families are in the habit of prayer. But I believe there are Methodist households that sometimes fall in my way, who never pray in this way. And is this our poor success, after eighteen years of faithful labors? God be gracious to us, and to such families and unfaithful souls. Saturday, June 1. Reading closely. Sunday 2. I spoke at Rhinebeck Chapel on Joel 2, 28-29. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. 
The preacher's mind was somewhat clouded, or he might have better shown, one, what are the common and extraordinary operations of the Spirit. Two, the subjects of this operation, the children of God and their children, the servants of God and their servants and slaves, the old men of the first generation living, down to the third and fourth, young men, gay and forgetful, young women, giddy and thoughtless, rich and poor. Three, the provision that is made for this, in the love of God, in the death of Christ, in the general grace of God, dispensed by men and means. Brother Watcoat spoke in the afternoon. It was a heavy day with me. I wearied myself in vain, but my judgment is with my God. Monday 3. I rested and read Mr. Wesley's journal and the last of his life. Tuesday 4. We made, through heat and dust, to Gale's Tavern. A plentiful rain afterward drove us into Mr. Booth's at Claverick. On Wednesday we dined at Kinderhook and lodged with B. Goslin, Esquire, at Greenbush. Thursday 6. On our way to Stillwater we passed Troy, Lansingburg, and Waterford, crossing the North River upon a grand bridge. We got within a mile of the camp meeting ground. There is no great shade, nor many tents but we expect preachers from Canada, Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey. Friday 7. We opened our camp meeting exercises in the Pine Woods at Stillwater. It continued four days and three nights. There were many people, many sermons, many prayers, many sinners, many saints, and little intermission, night or day, of labors and praises. The particulars may be printed. Tuesday 11. We came 25 miles to Ashgrove, and next day, open conference. On Tuesday the 18th, the conference rose at noon. We had blessed harmony and order, and I never heard less murmuring about the stations, of which there were 62 upon the list, and two having no appointments, because of debility. The Committee of Business, and the Committee of Addresses, were very attentive to the affairs brought before them, and their labors were highly approved. By allowing the usual provision for the married preachers and their wives, no supplies given for the children, the conference was insolvent $1,700. There were about $800 in money and other things given to and given away by the conference. We had a sacrament and love feast on the Sabbath, and I preached. The duty was performed by others at other times as usual, but there were no special marks of good done. Wednesday 19. We came to the falls of Husek and stopped at George Croy's. Here I preached, 1 Corinthians 2, 29-31. Vermont, Thursday 20. We came through Pownall in Vermont to Williamstown, the seat of the college containing two houses, one probably sixty by forty feet, the other one hundred by fifty feet, four stories, of brick. We dined at Brother Kinney's near New Ashford. Thence we came away to Lanesboro and on to Pittsfield. We have passed through a well-cultivated land of wavy, well-watered surface, roughened with rocks, and broken often enough by hills. 
we have had two days and nights of heat equal to that of Georgia. Some thunder showers cooled the air, and our ride yesterday was pleasant, though laborious, through Washington, Beckett, and Chester, and along upon the head springs of Agawam River, whose meanders we followed upon a turnpike road, winding amongst the hills of the Green Mountain, equal to any in the west. Forty miles brought us to Westfield, and rested at Joel Farnham's. Mr. Knapp invited me to preach in the Congregational Temple, but I refused, for sundry reasons valid to myself. Massachusetts, Sabbath 23. I attended at a Baptist church. My first subject was Isaiah 55, 6-7. My second, Acts 26, 18-19. It was hard labor indeed. I rode home with Nathaniel Phelps in Tatnam. I asked an aged man at the meeting how many souls were computed to be in the town. Four thousand was the reply. Not one-fourth of these were at meeting. Here is room. It is a day of feeble things, and I am afraid that some of our friends, instead of boldly facing them, turn their backs upon their enemies, whilst others join them. Here Ralph Williston was well known, once so full of fire, and what is he now? Monday 24. We set out after midday, crossed Connecticut at Enfield, and came on to Ellington, housing with Dr. Steele. Here the Standing Order have built a grand temple to fame. It is feared there is not in the congregation one soul alive. Connecticut, Tuesday 25. I preached in the schoolhouse to a few men, women, and children. I went home with Mr. Ostrander at the Square Ponds. I believe Methodism is as low here as true religion. Yet there is hope that God will visit New England, as well as every part of the continent, before long. At the Square Ponds Meeting House I preached upon Romans 8, 1-2. It was an open season. The best time I have had in New England. Several felt. I hope it is a prelude to a revival here. I am resting, writing, and reading our form of discipline, and the Jews answer to Voltaire. Saturday 29. At Tolland Quarterly Meeting. My subject was Jude 2021. It was a gracious time. On the Sabbath we had love feast and sacrament. I ordained Nathan Fox, John Norris, and James Hyde, deacons. These are some of the first fruits. Tolland revives. We had some living testimonies, and several souls are brought into the church. At ten o'clock we went into an orchard adjoining the chapel. I spoke on Hebrews 8, 10, 11. Brother Washburn's text was, Blessed are they that hear the word of God, and keep it. Many exhortations followed, and prayers, with power. There was a great cry, and the meeting held without intermission until night. Monday, July 1. We set out to Willington, went on to Mansfield, thence, after dining with Mr. Cyrus Dow, 15 miles to Thompson. On Tuesday we passed through Douglas and Mandon, and lodged with Mr. Ball at Milford. Our Wednesday's ride brought us through Hopkinton, Framingham, Natick, where we dined with Mr. Jameson, and on to Needham to lodge. The last two days have brought us through heat, occasionally cooled by shade, and dust, and the kindness of friends, several miles from the campground. 
Massachusetts, Thursday 4. I preached at N. Bogle's Meeting House, on John 8, 30-31. We stopped Friday night at Waltham. On Saturday we reached Boston. Oh, heat and dust! I felt like Jonah without his gourd. Sabbath 7. I preached in our complete little meeting house, well filled with hearers, from 1 Corinthians 5, 7, 8. It was an open time and gracious season. In the afternoon, Joseph Crawford spoke upon 1 Timothy 1, 15. The word of the Lord appeared to strike like sharp arrows. I feel as if Epiphras Kibbe had been faithful in Boston. Monday 8. We took the turnpike for Lynn, passing over a bridge three-quarters of a mile long, said to have cost $40,000. It is rather a causeway, thrown over a marsh. Plenty of flies and mosquitoes. I found Peter Jane in the new house built for the accommodation of the stationed preacher at Lynn. God is moving amongst the people here. They are prepared for the conference. Tuesday night. At Marblehead, I spoke on Galatians 4.20. I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. 1. Evangelical men or apostolic witnesses may feel a desire to be present with societies at particular times when it is in their power. They will, where this cannot be done, write. 2. That there may be very alarming and doubtful cases and characters in the congregation and church such as open sinners, hypocrites, half-awakened souls, backsliders, slothful believers. 3. Changing the voice, using a different method, as to matter and manner of preaching or writing, pointing at the cases and characters which are doubtful. We had another meeting at 5 o'clock, and then returned to Lynn. I received a letter from Dr. Koch announcing to me his marriage, and advising me, that he did not intend to visit America again as a visitor, but rather as a sojourner, if at all, could work be appointed him to do. Marriage is honorable in all, but to me it is a ceremony awful as death. Well may it be so, when I calculate we have lost the traveling labors of two hundred of the best men in America, or the world, by marriage and consequence location. Friday 12 we had a full conference, preaching at five, at eleven, and at eight o'clock. Sitting of conference from half-past eight o'clock until eleven in the forenoon, and from two until six o'clock in the afternoon. We had great order and harmony, and strict discipline withal. Sixteen deacons and eight elders were ordained. Sabbath 14. We held our meeting in a grove belonging to Benjamin Johnson, a beautiful and sequestered spot, though near the meeting-house. My subject was 1 Thessalonians 2, 6-9. 1. The system of imparting the gospel of God, which is preaching Christ. 2. The doctrines, privileges, precepts, and power of this gospel. 3. Apostolical purity of intention, disinterestedness, tempers, manners, labors, and travels the affection of soul imparted, manifested, in preaching and prayer, and bowels of mercies and sympathies. There were many exhortations and much prayer. Many must have felt. 
some were converted. From this day forth, the work of God will prosper in Lynn and its neighborhood. On Monday, the labors of conference and public religious exercises were continued. On Tuesday evening, conference rose in great peace. On Wednesday, I gave them a sermon and immediately set out to Waltham, twenty miles. Wind, heat, dust. Thursday, 18. We gained Captain Nichols's Shrewsbury. Wilbraham brought us up on Friday. We rested with Abel Bliss on Saturday. Sabbath 21. At Wilbraham I spoke on 2 Timothy 4, 5-8. through 8. But watch thou in all things, etc. Introduction. The special relation of a spiritual father and son. The time and circumstances peculiar to Paul and Timothy. Watch in all things. As a Christian. As a Christian minister or bishop. Endure afflictions of mind and body. As a Christian and a minister. Endure heat, cold, hunger, thirst, labor, persecution, temptations. Do the work of an evangelist. Spread the gospel where it is not. Support it where it is. Paul knew he was going by martyrdom. He had fought a good fight of faith. And by faith he had kept justifying faith, which some had made shipwreck of. The crown of justifying, and sanctifying, and practical righteousness, was waiting to encircle his triumphant brows. A crown thrice radiant with the three degrees of glory. In conclusion, I said many things, and with great plainness, urging the necessity of being civilized, moralized, and spiritualized, by the gospel in the plenitude of its divine operation. I ordained Lumen Andrus an elder, and Uriah Clough to deacon's orders. After two hours' serious labor, I retired. Connecticut, Monday 22. We came in heat to East Hartford, and lodged with Squire Pitkins. Tuesday to New Haven, Wednesday to Stanford, Friday to Peter Bonnet's New Rochelle. New York. We have ridden 230 miles in six days, some of them awfully warm. The earlier fruits and productions of the year have been very abundant. But without a rain, the latter fruits and grain must fail. I took a day to refit clothes and to write letters. At four o'clock I preached at Rochelle Meeting House. The subject suited the state of the town. The men were few, the women many. The Lord was present with us. I lodged under the hospitable roof of the widow Sherwood. On my road hither I thought I saw what would make a good campground. I wrote to the presiding elder, advising him of this circumstance. I am still bent on great designs for God, for Christ, for souls. Saturday brought us through excessive heat and dust, to New York, I would say, but we were barred its entrance by proclamation, having passed through New Haven, afflicted with the yellow fever. I stopped at George Suckley's. Being a little unwell, I made the best use of the day I could by writing letters. New Jersey, Monday 29. I preached in our very neat chapel at Second River. We came to Elizabethtown, and on Tuesday to Joseph Hutchinson's, and Wednesday it brought us up at Burlington. Pennsylvania, Thursday, August 1. 
we found ourselves proclaimed at Philadelphia as at New York. We directed our course to Mr. Manley's seat, in the neighborhood of the city. I received several letters, from which I learned that there was great order preserved at Duck Creek Camp Meeting, and that great good was done. Three hundred souls were blessed. On Saturday I wrote letters. I redeem a day by hard riding for this service. I have bought for one hundred dollars a neat little Jersey wagon. On the Sabbath day I preached at Germantown, on Isaiah 49, 1-2. I returned to Mr. Manley's and preached at five o'clock at Mr. Manley's. This day appears to have been poorly spent. I am waiting for the minutes of conference and my little wagon, then away to the west. Monday 5. I visited brothers Cook's and Haskins' families, and rested on Tuesday. Wednesday 7. We set out and reached Radnor. We stopped to dine with Brother Geiger and had a serious time at prayer in his new house, which they are about to move into. We lodged with Daniel Meredith, an old disciple, in the valley. Thursday brought us, through heat and dust, to Soudersburg. Sick on Friday and took medicine. Saturday wrote a great deal. Sunday 11. At the chapel at Soudersburg, I preached upon 2 Thessalonians 1, 7-10. And to you who are troubled, rest with us, etc. 1. The sources of trouble to the people of God. Temptation, persecution, disorderly walk and backsliding of professors, and the wretched state of sinners. 2. The present and future rest, first on earth and then in glory. The cause the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ hath been obeyed by, and hath had its full operation on them that believe. 3. The revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the characters of those whom he shall judge, and take vengeance upon, ungodly heathens, disobedient hearers of the gospel, vengeance for God, for himself, for his insulted spirit, for the ministers of Christ and the people of God punished, their punishment to be beyond the interference of mercy, to be sufferings of body and soul, and these to be eternal. I was considerably assisted, yet I left the subject in an unfinished state, after speaking a full hour. Monday 12. We came off with courage, passing through Lancaster, still unpropitious to Methodism. Seven miles beyond, Father Musselman received us with a smiling countenance, a willing hand, and ready mind. We fed and talked and sang and prayed and parted in the Lord. We crossed Anderson's Ferry, the best I know on the river, and came into Little York. I stopped a day. Oh, how kind our friends are at their beautiful retreat. May friend Pence and wife and mother be blessed of the Lord. Wednesday 14. We set out for Carlisle, but I changed my mind and my route to Berlin. We put up with Isaiah Harz. Thursday brought us to Shippensburg, 30 miles. On Friday we bent our course towards Pittsburgh over the three mountains to J. Thompson's in Burnt Cabin Valley. I have moved swiftly, but in my flight have written to five of the preachers. I walked down the mountains, which fatigued me. My soul is at peace, 
but I have severe trials at times. On Saturday we rested, refitted, read, and wrote. Sabbath day at Littleton Chapel, I spoke upon 2 Corinthians 3.12. We had a feeling melting season. We lodged with Father Ramsey, an exceeding kind people. Monday 19. We reached Bedford. At night we had fiddle and flute to enliven our prayers and assist our meditations. I had but little rest. On Tuesday we rode sixteen miles to breakfast. We stopped at Berlin and I gave them a sermon. Wednesday brought us over awful roads to Connellsville, forty-two miles. We were nearly wrecked. A very serious draught prevails west and east. Oh, we are wicked. We are covetous. We abuse the blessings of abundance, and God in justice withholds. I am indebted to a kind providence for my good little wagon, and my excellent and active driver, and good preacher, too. I am resolved to quit this mountainous, rocky, rugged, stumpy route. It was a mercy of God we were not, men, horses, and wagon, broken in pieces. I praise God now, but I hardly had time to pray then. The camp meeting begins tomorrow at Short Creek, near the Great River. On Friday and Saturday we labored onward to Short Creek. I foundered my mare, and had many trials. Sunday 25. I preached at the campground. It was a moving time. On Monday I preached again. It was judged there were five thousand souls present to hear, and that one hundred souls were converted to God. I purchased a horse, and bent my course through Wheeling on the banks of the Ohio. We crossed, and in the evening came to Morristown. Friday brought us to Muskingum. Saturday we reached John Murphy's, and on the Sabbath I rested with Edward Teal. Joseph Crawford is sick. I have had little rest for six nights past. I have ridden, by computation, sixteen hundred and eighty miles since I left Baltimore. End of section twenty. Recording by Brian Keenan.